Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Portu Podcast in English. This is episode number 38. I'm your host, Ruido Santos, and as always, we have Jason Rigu in the studio today. Jason, how's it going, man? Hey, man. Uh, I think it's a great start to the season. <laughs> uh, I think there's some cracks in our armor, but uh, we got six points, so let's be happy with what we got, and let's hope Portu can make some minor changes. Hey man, I know I know how much you love Porto because I just asked you how you're doing and you just jumped straight to them. Great start to the season, you know, six <laughs> points. Oh, oh, oh. But no, seriously, man, I feel like it's been a, a little bit since we, we recorded something together and we've been a little inconsistent on recording podcasts, but now it's the beginning of the season. We're ready to jump on it. But how's your summer going? It's going well. Um, just been busy uh, between soccer at Providence City. We won the Massachusetts Champions Cup. Getting ready for my wedding and, uh, you know, the good old Portuguese renovating your house for the next 20 years. <laughs> renovating the house, getting married. Yeah, you just sound like the the uh, the quintessential Portuguese, I don't know, first generation living the American dream, I guess. Yes, sir. <laughs> But yeah, man, I can't believe how like fast summer is flying by. I mean, I just went to Nashville a couple of weeks ago just to get away for a little bit. Caught a game out there, Nashville SC. First MLS, you know, experience ever for me. So it was, uh, you know, it was great. Nashville's a great city. I recommend anyone there, uh, anyone to go over there. And actually, believe it or not, man, I met one of our listeners on the podcast out there yeah. out of all places. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Yeah. One of our uh, listeners, Joey Pastilla, originally from uh, New York. And he actually went to Providence College right down the road from us. So it's like a small, small world. So that was real cool. So shout out to you, uh, Joey. It was great chopping it up with you. Uh, but yeah, that's it. It's crazy. Small world out there. You, there's portistas everywhere. Anyway, let's jump right into it, Jason. You know, six points. It's the start that we wanted. You know, we, we want to maintain perfect because new season, new roster, Things change, so it could always be a little bit bumpy in the beginning. We tend to start a little bit slower in the beginning of the season, so it's good that we got these six points first. Hopefully it just continues, but uh, what what do you make of this season so far before we jump into the footings game? I think we're, we're showing a lot. We're mirroring last season quite a ton. Um, we haven't changed much in the back line, and it's quite apparent. Our, our center backs are aging. And, I mean, Fabio Cardozo, is, like we said last year, he's a good fill-in, but we just don't think he's a starter. Um, does the job when we need him, but with Marcano and Pep getting old, you, you can see it. Zaidu, he's he's such a uh, – he's so inconsistent, man. Like, the guy can do – he has moments of brilliance, and you're like, wow, like – This is why you're on the field. And then the next moment, just giving the ball <laughs> to the opposition and you're just scratching your head. Yep. But uh, I will say it was nice to see Juan ba Mario back in the mix. I, I really hope the kid can stay healthy because he, yeah. he's quite the baller and it keeps Pepe in a more attacking role. And we, we need him up there. We, we can't – it's not wasting him in the back. It's just we're not using him to his full potential. Right. And Juan Mario, like the, the kid goes up and down the pitch. He works really hard. He's just, he's just a little fragile. A little too fragile for my liking. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we're getting – we got the six points, so we have to be happy with that. But we need to see changes happen. We need to see the new guys incorporated. Slow, like, 
I don't want to say slowly because that's what we're doing. I think it needs to be a little quicker. Maybe throw him into the fire. Get him more minutes. I, I don't like this last 15 minute thing of just getting the guy in the mix. Like he just really, it's not enough. Like we didn't we didn't get him early enough in preseason, so they weren't in the mix early enough. But we need these newer guys, these signings to get incorporated. We we bought them for a reason. They they need to patch up yeah. these holes we have. They they're good players, and, and we need to see them in there because. I don't know about you, but watching Taremi these last two games, or three, I would say, he looks tired. I don't know if he's checked yeah. out. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know what it is, but it's just not the Taremi where, where we know and that we love. Yeah, if he's checked out, then we're going to know within a week or so if he's going to be heading out the door. Um, I kind of agree with you, man. Yeah. Pretty much spot on. It's great to see Joel Mario back, but sometimes he gets a little frustrating. He's a great player attacking. As you said, he's fragile, and he's not the best defender at all. But I think we can do well with an attacking fullback if the other fullback is competent, you know, on the left side, which it's it's Zaidu. I, I have to disagree with you. I think he's consistently inconsistent. Uh, I, I uh, Yeah, I mean, his, his speed wows me because he, catches, he covers a lot of ground. And I'm starting to believe that's the only reason why he's on the pitch because – in recoveries, that guy just jets back. And then when he does get into position, we all just pray that he makes the tackle and doesn't get burnt. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. I think we're starting to see a little bit of a change here, though, because I loved how Nico Gonzalez got the starting role in this game, and I think he really made a huge difference. We, I, I, not that we were, like, spectacular against um, Ferenc, but I thought we were much better in the midfield than we were in the first game of the season against Mureyrens. There was a huge, huge change in the way that we played. So I was really happy to see him get integrated, and I was happy to see that Pepe was playing up uh, up more. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, after this game, I think we're going to still see a lot of changes uh, against, you know, for, for, the, for the remainder of the season because... Galeno, to me, I know that's your boy. I think he's re- really been off this season. Uh, I, I think our strikers, as you mentioned, Teremi being checked out or he's looking tired or inconsistent or whatever the whole issue is. We have a lot of options to choose from up top. So it's going to be it, it, it's going to be a slow start, but I think we're going to not drop as many points in the first you know, six or seven games like we did last year. I think we're going to maintain a good winning streak, not get a, a loss early on and just, you know, try to stay ahead of the game. And then eventually if everything runs correctly, all of our signings come in, they just assimilate to the club. I think we're going to be really good this year, better than last year. What do you think about that? I can see that happening. Uh, maybe we need Sergio Conceição to get suspended more and uh, just keep our assistant on the bench. Maybe, yeah, if we don't, maybe that's the key to, yeah. to keeping the wins alive. Maybe nah, yeah, just absolutely. <laughs> I love Sergio on the bench. Um, I, I love his demeanor. Uh, I back him. I mean, I think I'd be the same way if I was a coach. So when people bash him, I just laugh because the guy's constantly criticizing everyone but his team, and he puts his heart into the club. And uh, I'll take that attitude any day of the week. People can call it <laughs> disgusting. They can call it unsportsmanlike. I would do the same things he's done. So I could tell everyone else to piss off. Yeah, absolutely, man. One thing that I love about Sergio, he – he will always stand up for his players, no matter what. He he will die for the Porto badge, and he will just make sure that that his team is well defended. And he's just 
he's got that us against the world mentality, and I love it. I love seeing it. Um, but uh, Vitor Bruno, Jason, this just shows how many times Sergio's been suspended. He's coached Porto <laughs> as a manager, 15 games in his tenure. That's a lot of games. He's won 14 and drawn just once. He has not lost as first team manager because you know what? We we we've had these questions. You know who's going to be our next coach? Who's going to be this? Or like, you have any idea who would be a replacement for Sergio? I got one in mind, and that's I, I, Vitor Bruno. I think wherever Sergio goes next, he's going. I think he's yeah. the brains of the operation, and I think Sergio is the psychology and the the carida behind the team. But I think Vitor is the the tactics coach. I think he has a good understanding of the game, and I don't think wherever Sergio goes, I don't think he's he's staying. He's going yeah. with Sergio. His plane tickets booked. It's a package deal. Yep, they're repairing. Yeah. The legal strategist to the lawyer, Vitor Bruno and Sergio Conceição. Conceição obviously being the lawyer, of course. But <laughs> but yeah, so Porto won this past weekend, two to one. We missed a couple of games uh, earlier that started off the season. We obviously lost the Super Tasa to Benfica, which was really frustrating. We never, and all hell broke loose at the end of the game. We all know what happened there. Mureirense, a very frustrating game as we, we talked about it a little bit. But this game, Porto, Ferenc... I say that we had some improvements in this one. Goals from Tony Martinez and Marcano, Iceman at the death, saves us once again. Uh, what do you think? Improvements in this game? What do you think overall in this game? I think we dictated the pace of play. Um, Ferenc was very fortunate to get that goal right before the half. It definitely deflated us and allowed them to stay compact in the second half, which made it so hard for us to score because, like I said, we, we dictated the play in this game. We controlled the midfield. Um, I don't have like like I said at the beginning of this podcast. I don't have too much confidence in this back line. It, it'll get the job done. And apparently, Marcano wanted to save the day, which he, he he's no stranger to. But uh, the midfield definitely dictated the play, the pace of play, and we were comfortable in this game. It just took that the last minute goal to win it. It's just it's frustrating, right? Like you were saying. Galeno just not producing the same way he was last season. Maybe it's because people are game planning for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did have a full season with Porto and he lit it up. Like, why wouldn't you game plan for him? Especially, like, to me, Tony Martinez, he's not explosive. He's not impressive. And he's not going to just beat your back line in a foot race, right? He's going to win through positioning. He's going to win through aerial balls. So a Galeno who's an explosive guy, you're going to game plan more for a Galeno than you are Tony Martinez. Right. So I, I really do think that they, they focus on uh, closing him down and frustrating him because you'll see, like, once he gets to that box, that space gets closed very quickly. And right. there, no team's taking the chances where they were last year where he's isolated outside one-on-one -on -one and he's just going to he's gonna burn your outside back. And you can see in this game, Ferenc stayed compact and they stuck to their game plan and it almost worked. But Marcano wanted to be Superman and I'll take it. Just when we thought everyone was shitting on him, I shat on him R literally right before. I didn't. I didn't shit on him. I'm just. I was saying the whole left side has been terrible, and including the left center back. I didn't specifically say his name, but I said left center back. And literally a minute later, he just scores the goal. I'm just like, what the hell? Just like when everyone thinks that this guy, it's time for him to just get on the bench. He just pulls something out of his ass and just saves the day. 
But you know what? Hey, it is what it is. I'm happy that that he made it happen. We needed this goal. And I think he scored a goal early last year, too. I think it was against Vizela right around this time, too. Second or third week of the season. You know, he saves. Those are three points in the bag. As much as we want to shit on him for having a bad game, and he was pretty much responsible for the goal that Ferenc let up. You know, whenever he's on the pitch, you just, there's, you know, you would expect this from like when you say Taremi or like Cristiano Ronaldo or something, that whenever they're on the pitch, there's always hope. I'm starting to think that whenever there's Marcano on the pitch, there's always hope. He just makes things happen somehow. It just doesn't make sense. A center back saving the day as many times as he has. It's just bizarre to me. I've never seen this. And it's back-to-back weeks where the back line saves the day for the game winner. Yeah, absolutely. Last week was Wendell. I thought he had a strong game. He played well, and he makes a dumb mistake to get to his red card. Like it's yeah. that's it's just, it's just consistent his behavior. Like he did the same thing last season. He'd be playing well. He'd have a solid game. It's nothing impressive, but it's better than what I do was doing. And then there you go, red card, and yeah. just like that, he's out of the next match. It's frustrating. So. so- Watching this game, we we played pretty well, much more improved. We were playing a more positive style of football. Do you give do you give more credit to Ferenc's goalkeeper uh, Rui Velho, or do you as I don't know? Do you give him more credit, or do you say it was us not finishing the ball properly, uh, putting goals away because we had quite a few shots on net, and this guy made a lot of big saves. Is it poor finishing, or is it just great goalkeeping? A goalkeeper on his day. I would say neither. I'm not going to discredit Porto's attack. I'm not discrediting the goalkeeper. I thought the goalkeeper did ju- did his job. But at the end of the day, Ferenc's midfield and back line kept uh, tight blocks. Their their block was nice and tight, and it was hard for Porto to expose that in the final third. Um, like I said, Taremi looks tired. Tony, Tony Martinez is not explosive. So we really needed Pepe and Galeno to to crack them, but without Otavio in that mix, we don't have that guy to to create that final pass right now in the in this lineup. That is my biggest issue at this moment is who is going to be that guy that has that final pass, that, that dagger, that finds Galeno in the final third, splits the, the outside back and the center back, who finds Pepe, who's going to be that guy? We don't have him on the pitch at this moment with Otavio out of the picture. Yep, and we got some reinforcements coming in, hopefully. Uh, we'll touch up on some transfers in a little bit, but they can definitely be the help. I think, you know, losing Otavio is huge, but uh, I think we're more than capable of overcoming, and I think it's still possible to win the league without him. But I know someone asked a question about that. There's some things that we're going to even touch up uh, in just a little bit, uh, transfers, whatnot. Uh, one last thing on this game that I want to touch up on, we haven't talked about it. Gonzalo Borges was sublime. That's what I have on these notes right here. In 22 short minutes, five chances created, two big chances created, four key passes, and obviously the assist to the game winner. Where did this kid come from? Where? where? This was this was impressive. He looked so polished in this game. Mature. He grow, he's grown so much just from last year into this year. He's a completely different player. Um, what do you say? Are we, am I on my high horse? Is he going to be the revelation for this year? What do you think? What do you think of his performance? I, I was impressed. I like it a lot. Um, he's not going to be the revelation. 
he came in at a moment where Ferenc started to break down and get tired, right? Came came in towards the end of the game. We were going for the game. We weren't playing for the tie, clearly, with our substitutions. So we added pressure to Ferenc. Since they were packing it in, we could go more offensive and attack and take some more risk. And I think he did his job. He did what was asked of him very well. And I think we're going to see a lot more of him this season if he can keep this up. Like This is what we want to see as these guys develop and they blossom. And he's taking advantage of his opportunity. And I would love to see more of him. I'm not going to say he's a revelation by any means. This is just 22 minutes. I'm very happy. But at the same time, it's a team that was packing it in and playing a low block. So the space was there. As long as you used your brain and you focused, you came in fresh, you're young. These guys, they were running around the pitch and defending for most of the game. Mm-hmm. What was possession? Possession was 68% to 32%. Yep. So Porto had 68% of the ball. So Ferenc did a lot of defending. And I think what it was is Gonzalo just took advantage of looking at where the cracks were in Ferenc and... He he played it well, so I think I hats off to the kid because that's this is where you need to shine. And I do sometimes I I criticize that the substitutions come in a little too late, but twenty two minutes he made the most of that that short twenty two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I think um, I think he was great, and I think maybe it was due to the way that Ferenc was just playing at the moment that he came onto the pitch because he came in for Zaidu. So yes. it was that attacking option. We knew Ferenc was just going to play for this draw, and we needed that extra player to just go. And he was all over the pitch. He was on the left yep. side. He was on the right side. Uh, yeah, that's why I was kind of surprised. Like that was that he that he had the assist. I was like, is that Gonzalo Borges? I thought he was on the left <laughs> side, and he was all the way on the right. He was everywhere. Whatever it was, whether if it's a one hit wonder or whatever, there's. It, it was just amazing to see him really just grasp the game at such a young age. He got his opportunity and he made the most of it and he took advantage of it. And I think he's earned, I don't know if he's going to earn a, sp- a starting spot right now, but he's definitely going to earn some trust and some more minutes, like good minutes, not four, five, six, seven minutes at the end of the game, like a good 20, 25, maybe 30 minutes uh, in the next game. So Really happy to see it. That's great news. It's always good to see the young players and players that you would never think step up when we need it most. And it's also good to see us go for the game and not play for the tie. When I saw yeah. Zaidu come out for him, I was very happy, and I'm glad. I'm just glad we went for it. There's like the Ferenc was just sitting back and just being so compact. We we needed to just we needed to add an attacker on the pitch. We, there was nothing else we could do. It, when a team is that tight, we need to go for it. Yeah. So, I think it's safe to say that the starting eleven in this game isn't going to be the go-to starting eleven for the rest of the season. So let's go over a few positions, players. Uh, we're obviously going to see some Pep back. That's going to be our go-to center back, and think Marcano earned his spot for now. Uh, right back, we can agree that Jean Mati is going to be it, right? I yeah, I don't see anyone better than him for right now. Yeah, I, I really now think he's good both ways, man. He just needs to stay healthy. I don't. He needs to take care of himself. I really think he needs to get stronger. But if he's healthy, he's the go-to right back because yeah. we just we're wasting Pep there. We did it last season. 
but it's what else were we going to put there? You know. Yeah. That's, now that Otavio is gone, it's I think Pe- Pepe is going to be the Otavio of this team. I think there's a lot of similarities between both players. I think Ota- uh, Pepe can be the Otavio, be the pass, the two-way player that can do everything. Uh, he's been really good this year as well. Silent, but he's been really, really impressive as well. So I like I like him a lot. And I think we're going to see him more in that Otavio role than at right back. So definitely. So I have a few positions here that I want to go over. The first one is obviously the left back. <laughs> it's the one that everyone's talking about. Wendell or Zaidu, who are you going to go with? Wendell, just stop yeah. giving red cards, man. Y- yeah. You have much better feet than Zaidu. He is not a liability on the ball. He's just a liability when he's tackling. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, Zaid is the same way, but Zaid has just got some wheels so he could always catch up and that's about it. Uh, the next position is the center midfield position. Uh, Nico Gonzalez finally earned his starting spot. I think he was great. I think he complimented Eustachio too. I thought Eustachio was a lot more comfortable in this game. I think he was working with someone along his side that has the quality, that has, I don't want to say the pace, but I think Nico is a lot more technical and he's quicker with the ball, not per se like running pace-wise. And I think he makes better decisions and quicker decisions than Gruyachina. We we see Ostakio on the field. That guy is going a hundred percent all the time. Uh, and I think they both linked much better together than when it was Ostakio and Gruyach. Um, do you see him maybe until Varela assimilates into the midfield? Do you see him and Ostakio starting for the next few games at least? Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna be. They'll be the guys. I don't. Yeah. If Shaki might get rotated, but like we we'll probably get a midfield rotation going on. But I think Nico, Shaki, and if Varela can get assimilated quickly, I think those will be guys that we'll constantly see. Yeah, and this is not me like just trashing on Grujic. I think Grujic is like a good role player. If we want to preserve a lead, you know, he's a big body. He's good defensively, and he just makes those simple passes. He's great for that. But being the the game in and game out. Starter, absolutely not. He's a good role player, but not your every game starter. Gruich is a good 30-minute player, or if you're playing a more physical side in the Champions League, he's right. a great role player for that. But to be the starting in the starting 11 week in and week out, it's no, you can't because he's not impressive. He's not the guy that's going to find that final pass, but he is very, he's very consistent. He's good at tackling. He wins a lot of aerial duels. And his presence is made known, but he, like I said, he lacks that creativity. Yep, one hundred percent. And you know he did pretty well in the Champions League last year, Grujic, especially against teams like Inter that have a very strong physical midfield. I thought he did okay against them. So you're absolutely right. You hit the nail right on the head with that. The next position I I mentioned is the left winger or left midfield. Uh, our friend Crispy Chris at Crispy Chris Two asks Gonzalo Borges in the starting eleven question mark. So I'll add on: Is it going to be Galeno or Borges in the next game for you, Jason? What do you think? Galeno is going to start the whole season. Yeah, it, it's, there's no debate. Yeah, there's no <sighs> debate. He covers the one of the most ground on the team. The guy's up and down the pitch. He, dude, listen, he's just. 
he's very similar to Luis Diaz. He has a fiery, he's a spark, right? He's a sparky player. He takes he takes people one on one. We don't have many guys on our team that are able to do that. Mm-hmm. He's good, very good at crossing. And if your midfield creates space for him and can find him in the final third, he will score goals. I have yet to see that pass through split uh, splitting the the outside back and the center back this season. Like I said, we're we're missing that midfielder to find him. Yep. At the moment, he's receiving the ball very deep, and he's got to take it, and cr- and he's got to cover a lot of ground, and that that allows the defense to get configured and get into position. The moment we have that midfielder, that attacking midfielder, that's going to slot him through, he'll score goals. He's, it's he's the starter. Gonzalo yeah. Borges is not going to succeed him this season. If Galeno gets hurt, Gonzalo Borges gets his opportunity, or. If Galeno's playing game after game after game, we'll see Gonzalo Borges get the yeah. last twenty minutes, give him some rest. That's that's mm-hmm. how that's going to be Gonzalo Borges's role. Or if, like this game, if the game's very compact, very defensive from the opposition, we'll see the left back get subbed out, and Gonzalo Borges is going to be utilizing that role again, where we just add another attacker on the pitch. Yeah, I mean uh, Galeno for me, this in the first few games, I think he's a great player. I think. One thing that I really admire about him is that he's never afraid to take on the defender. No matter how good or bad of a game he's having, he's always going to have that will to just do his best and try to get past the defender. He's never afraid. He'll never back down from a challenge, so I always admire that. I think just in these three games this season, it's just been his decision-making. I think think at times he's too selfish, and I think he should be passing the ball instead of shooting sometimes – and I think he takes on too many defenders when he can easily just easily just lay it off. So I don't know if it's just the uh, the beginning of a new season and you you spent too many months away from playing, but his decision making I think has been pretty poor, and it's been a reflection on on his game and why some of the players, I mean, some of the fans have been frustrated with him. I don't think it's really his ability because his ability we've seen it. You know, as you mentioned. He's got that explosiveness that Luis Diaz has, but not that they are the same exact player or he's as good as Luis Diaz. That pace on that dribble when he tries to get past defenders, it's very explosive. He has a lot of pace. Um, And he's good at crossing, and he can finish the ball here and there. So I think it's just him just getting back into a flow mentally. He needs to just do much better on 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 his choices when he has the ball. He has to be much better. I would argue he was our only hope for Spenfica. And unfortunately, he wasn't in a finishing mood, so we didn't win that game because we could have easily won the game in the first half. Galeno yep. had great opportunities, and he created a ton. And he he covered a lot of ground. He took him on, and he created space for himself. But like I said, we are lacking that 10. It's just it wasn't there. And yep. Galeno, it almost felt like Galeno had no one to work with. And I, I, I'm sure of it that we'll, we will have it this season. But Galeno's going to have another season where he puts up numbers. I'm confident in it. <clears throat> I don't so doubt it. it. He's not going to – yeah. He's, whether you call this a drought or whatever you want to call it, his roles is just changed in these two games. But he's going to score goals. And he's going to create a ton. Yeah, I mean, he had great crosses in both of the last two matches. And no one can finish him. And – in that Benfica game, he could have won the game single-handedly in the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. No, those are good points. Yeah, just wasn't his day for sure. Uh, but, but yeah, if I had to choose, I think for the next game, it's going to be Galeno. 
But if the struggles happen and the inconsistencies continue, maybe we'll start seeing Gonzalo Borges. But Borges has to also play the same way. So I don't think he's deserved his spot just yet. He needs to continue to play and earn it and beat out Galeno uh, for that spot. So we'll see what happens. I think this is a good problem to have, in my opinion. Two players that could potentially fight for a starting spot is always good. They can always push each other to the maximum. The last spot I wanted to go over with was the striker position. Teremi, Tony, Namasu, Navarro, and obviously even Nilsson's been out for a while. What what are your thoughts on the strikers this year? I know you've talked about Tony already. He's been leading the, the team in scoring this year. He scored in each game. Do you still see him as an everyday starter? Does he have that quality or he's just he should be where he was over the last couple of seasons, that role player and have other guys starting ahead of him? He doesn't deserve to start. <laughs> no chance. He he's not good enough. I'm sorry. He's he and Taremi are just safe options. We know what they can give. We know what they offer. They defend well, they win aerial duels. They're, if they get the opportunity, they finish. But to me, Tony's a 30-minute guy. He's a, he's a super sub. I want to see Fran Navarro in the mix. I want to see more of Danny Loader. I think those guys with the, the proper midfield can do damage, and they add an energy and speed that we need yeah. in this modern-day game. Tony, to me, is still – he's a second-half substitution. We can't get anything going. Hey, we're getting desperate. Ping the ball up. He's going to win that duel, and guys just work off of him. I'll say so. If you had if you had to choose two strikers to go with for the rest of the season, say that Teremi does stay, who do you go with? At this very moment, I, I haven't seen Fran Novaru, but based off of last season, I would select him and Danny Loader. Oof. So snubbing Teremi. I can't choose him, man. He's not been in – even the second half of last season, he did not play well. Yeah. And his current form is so poor. It literally just looks like he's mentally checked out. Yeah, I, that, that's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it's just him in a funk right now or he's just ready – you know, he's just sticking around until the the last few days of the transfer window and then he's just out. So, I mean, that we have to wait and see. But if he does stay, I hope he turns things around because Tedemi – I think if we're going to be a top team, especially in the Champions League, if we want to go deep, you know, quarterfinals and maybe a semifinal appearance, we're going to need Teremi. We're going to need that experience, his all-around ability. The the Teremi that we've seen um, over the years that has been sensational for us. He offers a lot. Even in games where he's quiet, his presence on the pitch, what he can offer, what he does off the ball too, it's so underrated. And I think a lot of teams just focus around them. And he's probably the most difficult striker to 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 cover because you never know where he's going to go because he likes to drift out wide. He can post up um, with his back up against the goal. He likes to drop back as a false nine. It just messes the whole defense of the opposition up a lot, and, and it keeps their their defensive midfielder and their defense on on their toes the entire time. So, uh, I mean, if he does stay, I hope he turns turns things around because for those reasons, he's a great player. He's such a great weapon. And on top of it, he's a good passer, good dribbler, good finisher on his day. He's a, he's a great player, great all-around player. And I hope if he does stay, he just turns things around. I think he's, he would be a really, really important piece to our team this year. 
Yeah, I just think he's mentally checked out. I just I don't think he's this poor. But in that Benfica game, that performance by him was just terrible. Yeah, I couldn't believe he played as much as he did in that match. Yeah, and he he wasn't the best either against Fidesz. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We've seen Taremi in these little he's gone. periods. Okay, he's gone. all right, all right. <laughs> you heard it here first from Jason. I don't know. I I still believe in him, but we'll we'll wait. We'll wait and see. He's getting paid. <laughs> He right. is gone. All right. Before we move on to the Twitter questions, let's touch up a little bit on this transfer window. As we know, actually it was today it was, it, that it was official that Otavio signed with Al Nassar for 60 million euros. Porto are going to keep on to keep 47.5 million of those euros. I think that's great business. This is the believe it or not, this is the most expensive a transfer fee that we've sold for a player in the history of Porto. You would think it'd be a lot more than that, uh, but it's not. Uh, 60 million euros, uh, Otavio uh, gets the record for that. And, you know, it's it's 47 million in the bank that that we're going to get. And we definitely need as much as we love Otavio. Nine years at the club. He's a ride or die portista. He's a true reflection of what this club represents. Um, what they do on what this club demands from the players on the pitch in the locker room, he he has it all. He's one of the best Porto players in the last ten years, and I'm gonna miss him. I don't know, uh, <laughs> I don't know who who isn't gonna miss him. But at the end of the day, we can't forget that this is a business, and we needed this deal to happen. And I think it's gonna open doors for other players and re- other uh, reinforcements to come in and kind of fill in the gaps on the squad. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I think this this was very good business by Porto. He gave us plenty of great years. How long yeah. was he with us? Nine years. Nine. Yeah, I was going to okay. say eight. So nine seasons he gave us. He's grown with us. I guess you'd say he had like one development year with us because I'd say season two he was already an impact player. Yeah. And I mean, the guy's been a leader at Porto. He's played with heart match after match. He's been a good leader. I think we couldn't ask for anything more of him, and he's leaving at a great time, and he's going to go get paid, so good for him, and he got Porto paid at the same time. So uh, this is just everyone wins, and this is just a beautiful situation. This is great business by Porto. Hats yeah. off to them for criticizing Mafta last season for all the horrible business that we've had, and um, that put us into the, the financial fair play issues, and uh, Rui and I have done some research on it, and that episode will be coming. Um, but... So, what was the official amount we sold Atavio for? It was sixty million euros on the dot. It was the release clause. So, what do we, we sell Hulk for? Didn't we sell Hulk for sixty point four? No, I think it was uh, forty-five. Oh, I it was it? forty-five million. But that was, you know, that was back in 2013, 2012. Yeah. So this was this was a while. That was great money back then. Um, yeah. yeah, he felt. Hulk, no, Hulk was sold for forty. Halcon was sold for forty plus seven million on add-ons. Okay. Diaz and uh, Hamas were sold for forty-five, and Eder Militão had the record with fifty when he went to Real Madrid in two, uh, twenty nineteen. So, um, I mean, for to have Otavio, I, I to have Otavio on our team for as long as we did. I think he's twenty-eight right now, and yes. giving us all those years, mm-hmm. and we're still able to. Sell him for sixty million and make forty-seven million clean. 
I, I think this is great. You you got a player that really contributed to a lot of to the rebuild of this team, and then to three championships and all these other trophies. What more can you really ask for? This is great business in my in in, in my opinion. As painful as it is for him to leave, because you, you never want a player like that to leave that's been at the club for so long. But you, it's hard to pass up. And I, I remember the first episode that we recorded. You said that Porto works in two, maybe three year cycles or something like that to keep a player like him for as long as we did. And that has been as good as he has. It's been great. It's it's miraculous in my opinion because I I think he could have been an EPL or La Liga or Serie A where he could have been paid a lot more money than than he was. So I think it's great that we were able to to have him for as long as we did. Absolutely. And speaking of reinforcements, Joao Moutinho is reported to be signing with Porto. It's very, very close on a one-year deal. Uh, I don't think if it wasn't for the Otavio deal, I don't know if that would, if, if that would be possible or what. Uh, it looks like George Sanchez from IX is going to arrive here on a loan with an option to buy, which is not bad. He's a right back, so it's just another body out there at the right back position. Knowing that Otavio is gone, uh, Pepe is not going to be dropping back to right back anymore. It's going to be George Sanchez, in my opinion, if João Mario is not ready. And I think this can open the door for Ivan Jaime as well. I, there's other reports saying that the deal with him is really close and Porto has been talking to him or basically had an accord with him already for over a month. It was just waiting for Porto to have that vacancy to sign him and have all the financial means first before they can guarantee anything. I think this is what's brewing here. And I think these are three players that we need. Uh, João Moutinho, that extra experience and that little bit of quality in the midfield. And Ivan Jaime, a young player, the best young player in in Portugal last year. What do you think? I think if we can lock in all those deals, Porto is not messing around and they are going for everything. Yeah. But we will see. There's always a lot of talk. But um, I would love to see João Moutinho back in a Porto jersey. I think he has a lot to add to the team. He's a lot to teach the young guys. And I think... I think he would be very important into us winning the Portuguese League. He would be able to keep us consistent. Yeah, and a great option to have. Not the everyday starter, right? Throw him I in think a few he games. Would, I think he would start most games, and he would be subbed out by 55 to 65. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a great – it's an extra body, an extra player in the rotation. Depth, depth, depth is what we need. It's what teams need to win trophies so i love it all right let's jump in to the best part of the show the twitter questions we got a lot of them i mentioned that we were going to add the ones from two weeks ago or last week it was not going to do that uh i'll reach out to everyone that asked questions on the for the next show and i'll reach out to you guys to ask a question if you want but we're going to stick with these that are more recent there's just too many to go over uh, thank you guys again for your participation and all your questions. We love it. Our first question comes from Brian Pereira at Pereira underscore 1022. After watching a few games, what are your expectations? Have they changed at all? Still feel like it is very early. What do you say about that? Yeah. Like I said, I think there's a lot of mirroring from last season. I think we're still just trying to feel, get a feel for what's going on trying to incorporate new guys. Our business is not finished. So there's still a lot of area for improvement. I think 
we we know this that a season's long. There's so many ups and downs along the season, but I we're just getting started. We're being very, I'd say, conservative and safe. Just choosing guys that we know can perform, and we know we're going to get out of them. It's it's not like we're playing with a bunch of guys that have that are full of potential, but we're playing with guys that we know what they're going to produce in the game, and we believe it's enough to get us the points and the victories. Yeah. I think if we get all those signings, I think we're going to have a really good season. Um, I think Benfica has a good team too. Sparting's looking pretty good as well. Um, and we're pretty fortunate that Benfica dropped points in the first game of the season against Boavista. So, you know, we're kind of ahead of the game a little bit from Benfica. But I think if we get all these guys and maybe a left back, like anyone, at this point, for left back, I would have like a lottery at the game. Like, person that is sitting in row C, I mean, uh, section C, row 12, seat 5, you're starting in left back tonight. Like, that, this is how bad we need a left back, in my opinion. If we can just get someone that's somewhat competent, it, I think it would just solidify the entire team. Um, and I think, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I made this prediction I think it was after the Benfica game last year that Diego Costa was going to stay. And if we're able to hang on to all these core guys and bring in more players, maybe we could push and make a run for the Champions League. And I think we're kind of cooking that right now. We're, for the most part, we're hanging on to everyone. And if we add the missing pieces to the puzzle, I think we can really go far in the Champions League and definitely win the league. So my expectations, I think we're going to win the league this year. I don't know how many other trophies or how far exactly we're going to go into the Champions League, but if we get lucky in the knockout stages and we draw someone that's pretty easy, I think I think we can turn some heads in the Champions League. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think we really need to focus on the league. I think that needs to be our priority. We can't yep. afford to lose it. I mean, <clears throat> we, lo- we lost it last season. Um, I think we're fortunate to even be in the race at the end of the season. Um, yeah. And I think that needs to be our focus. I I say that's our focus, and Champions League is just a plus. But with keeping Diego Costa, I believe that we could definitely make a run. The biggest factor will be what does our group look like. Yeah, 100%. So let's see what happens there. Next question comes from a Benfica, Joshinyu, at Joshinyu. Why doesn't David Carmo ever play? Will he ever play? Does Sergio hate him? <laughs> um, I don't know if he hates him, but I feel that Sergio is always hard on these young guys. And to be honest, I was pretty surprised to see that Nico Gonzalez started in this game. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's turning around or whatever, but um, you know, he, he just arrived not even a month ago and he's starting in the second game of the season. I never thought that would happen. But... I, I honestly don't know. I I thought David Carmo in the beginning of last season started a little slow, and then he started getting a, a couple of games in where he was playing well. I thought that the, the first Clasico against Benfica when um, when we lost, I thought he played a pretty good game that game uh, in that match. I thought he held his ground in a, in a big game. Uh, and then it was like shortly after that we never saw him again. So I, I really don't know what the, what the deal is. What do you What do you think about that? Honestly, I have no clue. I, I wish I knew. I think it's. I think a main factor in this is just Sergio's conservative approach. I, I to me, he's not the manager that takes the biggest risk. 
And I think Carmu is still full of potential. And that's the issue with Sergio. He's not a sure bet. And at a position like center back, I don't see Sergio taking big risks. So I don't know. He needs to get minutes, though. I just This season, we need to find minutes for him, whether it's in cups. Yes. Like, it's he's still going to Carduzzo. He's not going to Carmu. So there must be something going on in training where I don't know if Carmu's confidence is shot. I don't know if his attitude sucks. I don't know if him and Sergio don't have a good relationship. We really don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, nothing really comes out of that Porto locker room uh, sometimes. So it's just, it's hard to it's hard to tell, especially like where we didn't see David Carmo too much. And it's not that he was absolutely terrible last year. I thought he was starting to get into a rhythm and then we just didn't really see him after that. So um, let's see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully we see him play because there's we can only rely on Marcanu and Pep for so long, someone has to step up. And you've already hit the nail on the head with Fabio Cordozo. He's not your everyday starter. He's a good role player to fill in for the shoes in some games here and there. So, I don't know. We'll see. Carlos at Carlos underscore A1381. What's it going to take for Carmo to see the pitch this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, not the same question, same topic, but... Uh, I don't know. There's, I don't know what the reason is. Uh, perform better at practice. Maybe in a game that he does play, he needs to perform. I don't know. Uh, it, it must be frustrating for him, and it's frustrating for all of us to see that we spent $20 million on a kid that really isn't playing. And this is year number two, and it doesn't seem like we're going to be seeing him anytime soon. So I have no idea. What's your answer to that, Jason? I mean, you would think that he's a part of the plans if we didn't loan him out. Right. I I really don't know what's going on. I don't know. I mean, we can't afford to loan out a center back because we don't have any more. I mean, it's Fabio Cardozo and him as our backups. Uh, But it's like he still never sees the the light of day. So it's just like, hey, might as well stick Zaidu there. Like, you love the guy. Put him at center back. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um. I really, I hope to see him. I, I don't know. I think we've got to be wary this season. I don't see Marcano and Pepe playing 90-minute games for long. Yeah. Like in that Benfica game, both their legs were shot in the second half. And you never want to sub a center back, but they almost both needed to be subbed in that second half. Yeah. Like th- their legs just gave out and our frustrations took over and we just got exposed. Yeah. They just, you would have been better off with the young guys in that point. Yeah. J-Rod at J-Rod2589. Okay, out of the two, Rui or Jason, how many espresso martini can you handle? Yes, it's random, but I figure I can change up the questions a bit. Oh, yeah, George. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's funny. George and I are are, are friends, and he used to come on our other uh, podcast that I used to do back in the day. Uh, it was like a European football podcast, and he's a huge Leon fan. So one time I met up with him in at a bar in a, uh, during the pandemic, and this kid was pounding espresso martini. I couldn't, I don't even know how the hell he could, but for me, I can't hang out. I can't, I can't keep up with espresso martini. Something else, beer, a margarita, or gin and tonic, absolutely. But espresso martini, <laughs> not me. So I'm gonna have to give that to you, Jason. I don't know if you like them or not, but <laughs> I can't do them. <laughs> I do not drink, 
So I would take just all the espressos in the world. Give me six espressos. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like drinking. Jack Hacken at Companator. Any idea who we should sign on for the defense since Wendell and Zaidu don't cut it? For a left back, I personally have that Belgium kid, Dick Kuiper, on my radar from Bruges, who can also play as a winger. We need from the uh, from the SAD now is some deeds in, some deeds instead of the happy horse shit they sell now. Yeah, I mean, a left back, yeah, you would think that we would be linked to some left backs, and I can't really think of any. Alex Stellers wasn't realistic. And that kid, Valentin Barku, who's like 18 from Boca Juniors, I think is going to Brighton or some team in the EPL. Can't think of anyone else. No one's on our radar. And neither Zaidu or Wendell are on anyone's radar. So it looks like we're hanging on to the both of them until something turns up. I don't I don't know. But uh, I would, I've never seen uh, Dick Kuiper play, but I'm sure he's a lot better than what we have now. And I would... I would definitely take him and take our chances with him. Anything anything than than what we have now, I would take. Start Gonzalo Borges. Just go for it. Go for it every game. I, I, actually, someone we're, we're going to get to that question in a little bit, but someone mentioned Galindo playing uh, left back or whatever because he's played that before even at Braga. But uh, we'll, we'll jump to that question in a bit. Next question comes from Manuel Oyola at Manuel underscore Oyola P. In the post-Otavio era, is it time for Concisão to change the system? I, I mean, I, I think he changes it more than you think, to be honest. I, the only thing that you see consistently is the back four, but I think the front... I would, I would say the front six changes more often than you think. I think he's, I think he's talking about the formation change here. You know, no, just... so, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, th- I'm not talking about personnel. I'm saying the positioning of the front six changes more often than you think. Yeah, he goes with the double pivot at times. He goes with the single holding midfielder at times. Two attackers. He goes the double pivot with one attacker. He goes five in the midfields. I-, I think that changes a lot more than people notice. Yeah, and I think this is where the the Otavio. This is where the other, and maybe I'm starting to understand the question now because Otavio, at times, yeah, he would line up as a right midfielder, but as the game goes on, it almost looks like he shifts into the midfield with the double, uh, uh, the double pivot, and the midfield turns into a three, and then you have your other left midfielder, and then your two attackers as a four-three-three, so. Yeah. I think Pepe is definitely going to be the guy to to kind of hold that Otavio role in position because I think he's just as versatile, if not more, than Otavio. I'm not going to say he's better than him, but I think he can cover more ground and be even be even better in terms of uh, being versatile and all around uh, than Otavio yeah. was. So I don't know. I think I think we're going to start seeing the similarities here on the same style of play going forward. We're just going to be seeing different different faces. I think the only place you see a lot of structure with Porto is in the Champions League. We play very structured and yeah. uh, where everyone has, it's almost like a militant style where this is like, your job, you do it. This like is your Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I think you see that a lot more in Champions right. League, but in the league, 
if you pay attention, there's a lot of moments where we're only defending with two guys. And that's the big issue with having Pepe and Marcano as their center backs is neither of those guys are going to be able to recover with the ball over the top or a quick counterattack. Right. So they try to com- make the middle compact and, and I guess, prevent any counters. But we do get exposed on the wing sometimes in the transition. And you'll notice that because Zaidu and João Mario are both be tasked to go up top and attack but we're not covering those holes and our center backs don't have the legs to do so and delay to get to allow Zayedu and Jomadi to get back but we definitely I think the the formation the tactics change a lot more than you think well said Philippe Rodriguez at FROD125R, do you think that with this midfield, we should start playing more like a 4-3-3 with Varela as a 6, Nico as a box-to-box, and Jaime, Ivan Jaime, as an 8 or a 10? Uh, I'm with it. <laughs> if we completely change the starting lineup to a 4-3-3, that's a, that's a pretty impressive uh, midfield there, but I don't think we're going to see it. Um, I think I think I'd like to see that duo of Varela and Nico eventually because I think they can complement each other really well but like as I mentioned as we mentioned Pepe being in that Octavio role where he can kind of shift into the midfield and he can even play as a number 10 as well we're going to see a lot of that I think if those two are together as a double pivot so maybe not with Jaime uh, Jean can definitely play the number 10, but he can also play out wide or even as a second striker, as a, as a playmaking uh, striker. So uh, bringing him along would just add more options to the piece of the puzzle. So this is this is a really good question. What do you, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I wish we played the 4-3-3 in more games. Yep. But, um, I mean, when you have an Otavio, like, the formation's almost irrelevant. The guy just, he's like a true free roamer. Yep. So... We'll see what happens this season, but I think we definitely have – we have good enough players to play the 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. But that striker role, I think, would need to be a consistent player to play the 4-3-3 because they're crucial in the whole formation. Next question comes from CDB at CD Barush 8 Question, comment from me. Seeing Nico play, I really like the kid so far. Do you like what you see? And do you do you think he and Varela can boss that midfield together? Would a midfield of Pepe, Nico, Varela, and Galeno do the trick? Sergio needs the 4-3-3, but we know he won't switch. What do you think of that, uh, that four-man midfield? Pepe, Nico, Varela, Galeno? Uh, what say you? Uh. I don't like it. No? Like uh, yeah. Galeno being out wide, and then you have the double pivot between Nico and and Varela, and then um, and then Pepe on the right? Well, I mean, they, they play that, but what happens is Pepe rot- does rotations into the middle, and then Galeno is more of the guy that chills on the sideline. So yeah. it's like like I said, we, we have this – like people put too much stock into formations. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, like if you watch Galeno, his heat map is – top left of the opposition, right? He's That's where his heat map is. I know he receives the ball deep, but that's because our midfielders just can't get, find the freaking guy. But he, he plays like a, a left wing in the 4-3-3 system. And Pepe is more of that Otavio role where 
Sometimes you'll see him out wide. Sometimes you'll see him in the strike roll. Sometimes you'll see him drop deep in the six roll. And other times he's in the 10 roll. He, he just likes to get on the ball. And Galeno plays out wide. He, he's a true winger, Galeno. But I mean, I think I think that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be the the midfield that we see, and then obviously the changes because we line up as a four four two, but it changes throughout the game. But I think as a lineup, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the best one that we have right now, and then obviously throughout the game, it's gonna change. So yeah, no, th- that'll be it, it, like you can say four four two, but it's just not a four four two at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. And to answer the first part of the question, I love so far what I've seen with Nico. I think he's got great positioning, great ball skills. Uh, Decision-making has been great, too, so far. So I like what I see. Big body. He's strong, and he won a lot of duels against Putin. So he was really bossing it in the midfield. Really liked it. So I hope we see more of that, and I hope everyone just continues to get better, and our signings and the ones that are going to arrive all pay off. Matt's at Matt's attack nine. What's your favorite Porto away day? I know mine. What's yours? Hmm. What is mine? For me, it's got to be the Benfica game, man. The Clasico and the, you know, just I've never been to a Porto game yet. I'm hoping to go this year. Um, or the season, but I think it's Stadi to lose when we go there, man. We just have such a great track record against them. I always look forward. That's like the best away day for me, beating them at their own stadium. And if we can win a trophy while we're at it, it just makes it so much better. I think from the best Porto away day. So are we talking about like this is season after season or like a yeah, just like I guess. Game? So I asked Matt's and he, he was telling me like the best like away day, like away game. Yeah, it's got to so. be that, or I think Ibanez has got to be pretty crazy. I mean, I watched the game there and I was in the cage with the Pasfeira fans when they played Ibanez. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it gets a little rowdy in there. So I can't imagine that one not being too. That's got to be a good experience if Porto wins. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Being in the cage and just getting stuff thrown at you and your team winning, it's got to be a good feeling. <laughs> João Barros at J Barros, 1893. You think it's still possible to win the championship without Otavio now? What say you? Yes. Okay. I think he's given the club all he's had. But I think we have some good replacements that are going to be strong enough to do the job well. Yeah, 100%. I think we have the tools. We have a great coach. Uh, We've won trophies before without Otavio. And we're going to continue to win them after him. Great player. Sucks that he left. But we can definitely win it this year. I I think we're on the right track for it. Pixel at... Pixel underscore is Galinu a viable option? This is this is for you, man. You get to answer this one, Jason. Is he a viable option? Yeah. Elaborate. Uh, is he feasible? Is he is he a reliable go to option on the left wing? 
no debate. <laughs> I knew it. Don't yeah, even, I, I, don't I, even I, go I, there. He's, he had a full season. It's not going anywhere. It's This is the first two games. Every team has looked like crap this year. No yep. one's impressed me. Everyone looks slow. Every team has won by the skin of their teeth. Just get over it. He There's no debate. He yeah. is the left wing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the left winger for now too. Um and I, I know he gets a lot of crap, but I think I think he had a pretty good season last year with us. So uh he's earned it and I think he's gonna be our guy for you know, for a little bit at least. Paul Andres at Andres nineteen seventy three is George Sanchez the right signing for this squad. Is Pepe the natural replacement for Otavio? What else does Porto need to address before the the transfer window closes? Uh, to be honest, what I've read, I don't think I don't think George Sanchez is is the guy because I, from what I've been told, what I've read, he hasn't been impressive at IX. Was rarely used and didn't play well in big games. So who knows? Um, what what could happen? But we have him just as a loan, and with a five. If if he arrives, it's going to be a loan with a five point five million euro option to buy, and it will be an obligation if he plays twenty five games. So I think he's just this extra body that we're going to throw in if we need him. He'll play, but I don't really see him sticking around. Uh, for the second question, I think Pepe is the natural replacement. So. For Otavio, I think he's got all the tools for it. Let's see if he's going to be as effective. What do you think? Yeah, so I think the whole mindset behind the Sanchez is that they are aware that João Mario probably cannot last a full season. Yeah. So they're going to have to manage his legs. They'll have to rotate him if they. I mean, he's always going to be prone to injury, but if they can afford to keep him and manage those minutes, I think that's why they want to sign him. Is because they know they're going to have to rest him some games or sub him out some matches. Just so he can stay healthy, and hey, what's what better than just finding someone that is a right back for fifteen minutes or another match that maybe to lesser side, and the guys played at a decent level, <clears throat> and I do think that Pepe is capable of being better than Otavio. Yeah, yeah, 100%. he's not better at the moment, but he is capable of being a better player. Yeah, and I think he started off the season really, really well. I thought against Benfica. Against Moreirense, he was the best player on the pitch for us. So uh, he's been pretty impressive, and he's pretty much polished himself as a, as a complete player on our team. And he's the guy. He's the guy for for Otavio. And I think we're not going to be seeing him as much at right back. We're going to be seeing him at the position he should be playing at. So super look looking forward to seeing them there for sure. I don't think Portistas realize how lucky we are to have players like. Atavio, Carona, and Pepe come through this club. They're so versatile, and they just—they're—they're effective in any role we put them in. And they've been asked to do things they're probably not fond of, but they never—you don't see them unhappy or you hear much about it. They do their job at the end of the day. Yep. Next question comes from Denny Town at Denny Town thirteen Detu zero. What do they think about Alan Varela and the possibility of buying Sanchez from IX for a wing player? Uh, I mean, Varela. What do they think about Varela? I mean, Varela is one of the best Argentine talents, one of the best midfield talents 
coming out of Argentina, him and Enzo uh, Fernandez, Enzo that played for Benfica last year, are two of the best players to come out of Argentina. So there's a lot of expectations for this kid. The potential is through the roof. Um, I've monitored him since probably January when we were first linked with him. And I'm, I I didn't think it was going to happen this summer. I thought some EPL team was going to pick him up, but I'm, I'm ecstatic to see him play and I'm excited. I think we're very fortunate to get him and get him for the price that we did. So looking forward to that and getting uh, Sanchez or my ex. I mean, for what it is, it looks like we just get him for a loan and I don't see him really staying for another year. I think it's just, him sticking around and just being an extra option. What what about you? What are your thoughts on uh, Alan Varela? Yeah, I think he's coming here to make big things happen. Yeah, I think I think we're um, we see the potential in him, the potential in him, and I think the potential is it's not guaranteed, but it's almost like it's a, it's a done deal because I mean he's coming from a bigger side, right? Boca Juniors yeah. is no no walk in the park. And their and them and their competitions and the level they play at and the teams they've produced and the players they've produced, they've got a good track record. So he's coming in here, and we're buying him with a purpose, and he's going to be a main guy in our roster, whether it's this season or next season. I think we're hoping for him to make an impact right off the bat, but it's not always the easiest thing to do, right? Yeah. Our last question comes from Byron Coy. How will Porto replace Otavio? Seems almost irreplaceable. And even with getting some of the funds from the transfer, should we be worried about Porto's long-term recruitment strategy, especially when Benfica is flush with cash from massive sales? I am worried Porto cannot keep up. I mean, I think we've kind of answered this. Pepe is the same player yep. as Otavio. And we, we've almost discussed that as an issue last season where they are the same player and Pepe kind of has to take a backseat in many matches because he can't mm-hmm. play to his full potential. So let's see what he can do with his full potential. Let's see if he is who we, who we say he is. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think we're okay with um, in terms of longer term recruitment strategy. I think we've always done well at, at finding replacements and, and investing in young players and getting them and growing them and, and selling them off. I think the biggest problem that we had is we got ourselves into a big situation with FFP and it slowed everything down. And then big clubs, whenever they wanted to buy our players, they took advantage of us because we were in a jam. So knowing that we're in an FFP, they can kind of, you know, ask for less because they know that Porto will will have to take it because they need money. Yeah, Um, technically they have the bargaining power. Yeah, exactly. So – we're not going to be seeing it. I'm not going to say we're not going to be seeing that, but uh, because it is our board. But I think we're going to see more improvements in terms of sales. I think the board has finally woken up and we've got out of FFP. So it's not so much the replacements that were the issue or the long term recruitments. It was just getting the right money, the right transfer fees for the players that we grow and invest in. We need to get more, we need to demand more. And I think we're starting to see that given that we're hanging on to all these players and we're not we're not letting them go for less than what we want them for. So I think that's a step in the right direction. Great question, Byron. And that just does it 
for all the questions that does it for this episode. Jason, this was a long one, man. We had a lot of stuff to cover. It was uh, a good we one. missed quite a bit, but it was a good one. Very informative. I hope. Yeah. I hope I didn't bore anyone listening, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> likewise. It, <laughs> no, it was a great episode. A lot of stuff. You guys asked the best questions, and you know, it's the best. We love answering them. Uh, any last words, Jason, before we wrap things up? Uh, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, and uh, we appreciate your support. And let's uh, get back to being consistent. The season is back. Season's back, and that means we have to be back on a consistent basis. And we've been growing, and we've we appreciate the amount of growth and feedback that we've been getting from all of you. This would not be possible without all of you participating and listening to us. It really motivates us to do it every single week or whenever we can uh, record a podcast for you guys. Thank you all. We appreciate your support for the time that we've been doing this, and we hope that we can just continue to grow and make you all a part of the show as much as we can as well. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Follow us on Twitter at FC Portupod ENG on Instagram, Portupod ENG on Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you could hit the five stars, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to, if you leave a review, it'll help us grow even more. We really appreciate it. And we will see you all on the next episode. Music.